Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Mm, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved, that saved a wretch like me. Was lost, oh, but now I found, and I was blind, but now I see. Sing it, twas grace that
somebody this morning. I have already already come it is your grace <laughs> that brought oh you brought me safe thus far and it will be his grace yes. that leads me yes, home. Yes, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. And it will be his grace that leads me home. Would you just sing it one more time? Praise God, 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 praise God. worship him right now. Lord, we praise you. We glorify your name, Lord. We welcome you into this house. <laughs> With a mighty voice of praise, praise him. Lord, we praise you. We glorify your name. Praise God. Praise God. We praise you. Been a fair ten times. 
How many are looking forward to going to heaven? until we take care of some other business. That's simply this. Man, we need to understand this morning what we're gathering for. We're gathering to get ourselves ready because I'm telling you just any moment now, the trumpet of God is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18 in that verse in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16, if you get to 18, it says, comfort one another with these words. We receive comfort this morning because we know the bride is getting ready. The marriage is almost prepared and the bridegroom is fixing to knock on the door to receive his bride. How many of you are ready and waiting for the Lord to come back? Amen. telling you presence and the power of the Lord has been here all day already had one service down and I'm telling you we're ready for this one Cameron said something a few minutes ago it just lit me up and I'm ready to go he said man the momentum and the energy is high today you know why because we know we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ we are victorious through Christ we are not left to our own ingenuity we're not left to our own strength brother Orville you're not left to kind of figure all this out yourself he says, I will be an undergirding strength and power to come in your present, in your time of need. He's here with us today. How many of you know that? I want you, however you connect with God, you can just look up and stare at the heavens if you want. But if you're like me, you want to give some honor and praise, I think we ought to clap our hands, lift up a voice of triumph to the Lord, and give Him honor and glory and praise. He alone is worthy. Amen. He's worthy. Amen. Who's doing it? Well, welcome to church, folks. We are going to get out in the aisles. We're going to hug some necks, shake some hands, and greet each other and welcome each other into the house of God.
participating in worship, I was thinking back to Isaiah chapter 6, where it said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. How many of you know, he inhabits the praises of his people. We praise you, Lord. You can't make that up. You can't make that up. The Bible says, he inhabits. What does inhabit mean? He takes up residence. He sets up his throne right in the middle of our worship. If you and I will stand here all day and worship, we'll entertain the throne of God. Don't let anybody ever take your praise. Don't let anybody ever put you down for your worship. Don't let anybody ever tell you, you need to be quiet. I'm telling you, we need to shout it from the rooftops. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. Hallelujah. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with the twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. 
And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And it says, and the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with that smoke. How many of you know that's the same God that's here today in this house this morning? It's not some other God. It's not some other, other prophet. That is the same God. The same Lord who walked the dusty roads of Galilee, who hung on a cross and died for us. He said, wherever two or three will gather together in my name, I'll be there in their midst. The Lord is here. I said, the Lord is here. Straighten up. Straighten up. Square your shoulders. Realize you're in the presence of royalty. We come too casually sometimes into the powerful presence of God. Straighten yourself up. Get your mind off your telephone and off what you're going to do after church. You're in the presence of God. Don't be disrespectful. Don't be dishonoring God. When he's moving in his house like he's moving now, there's only one reaction. In humbleness of heart, you bow yourself and you put yourself in his presence and you say, Lord, I give you everything. I surrender all. There's only one response to the presence of God. I wish you could feel what I feel. Some of you do. I feel his train is definitely filled with the temple. Oh, you may not see anything physically. I'm, I'm wondering. I keep looking up in the corner because my faith is so strong. I just almost can imagine him pouring out his glory through a, a miraculous symbol. Come on. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. Because I believe. I believe. And I'm thankful this morning we've come together in his house. Aren't you? Aren't you? One more time, let's give the Lord praise and give him honor. Almighty God, 
We've not come here to be seen. We've come here, Lord, to honor. We have come into your presence and in your house, Lord. We give you praise. We worship you. There isn't a human being on the face of this earth knows how to properly give you the worship you deserve. But Lord, in our feeble efforts, we thank you that you receive our worship. You receive our praise. We honor you today. He is high and lifted up in his train, fills the temple. The power of the Lord is here in a mighty way. I, I'm going to ask you right now, I, I don't know how any other way to be except the Holy Spirit is the best preacher ever to be anywhere in the atmosphere of this earth. If you are here this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you've come on purpose today, the Lord is touching your life and the Holy Spirit is knocking at your heart's door and you're ready to repent, you turn from wickedness and evil ways. If you're ready to be cleaned up, sanctified and filled with the Spirit of God, if you're ready to receive God into your life right now, is the best time in this service for you to receive Him right where you're standing. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer right now. Would you slip up your hand and write back down? God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Christians are praying right now. I'm going to let the Spirit do His work. Many hands up already. Who else? I need to pray this morning. I don't want to leave this house until I've gotten my life right with Jesus. I've accepted him into my life and I've repented of my ways and I'm going to go his way. Are you here this morning? Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. As I mentioned, it's correct and right for us when we come to Jesus, it's not an emotional response. Don't let anybody lie to you. No man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. The Bible's clear and Jesus said it. He said he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. If you have a burning desire and passion in your heart right now to receive Jesus, then that is the Holy Spirit at work in your life. With it comes... A commitment that you will give your life in complete surrender to the Lord. That you will repent of your sins. You mean to do better. You're going to give your life in every way. Realizing you cannot save yourself. And it will not happen because you've made a decision to change. But you are surrendering your heart to the Lord who will change. You repent. And in repenting and giving your life to Christ, He will come into your heart. He will save you. He will redeem you and you're as good for heaven as if you were already there. The hands that were lifted up this morning, right now, we're going to change your life. Not us. But you know what I mean. We're going to escort you right to the presence of Jesus. You sit, you, you. Pray with us this prayer from your heart. 
God's going to save you. He's going to be true to his word. He says if, you, if a man believes in his heart, confesses with his mouth, proclaims and repents of his sins, but proclaims that he's the son of the living God. How many of you know Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yes, yes. Only way to the Father. I wish the church could save you. I wish the preacher could save you. But there is no salvation in any man. There's no salvation in your own works. There is salvation in Jesus Christ. And as he comes to your heart, through the power of his Holy Spirit, your response will make you a child of God. Are we ready? We're going to pray this prayer right now. We're going to start church off just right. Saying this prayer, like I said, is just words, but from your heart, it'll save your soul. You ready? Let's pray together. Jesus, Jesus come, into my heart. come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I, of my sins. I make you Lord of my life. Forgive me. I declare that you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You did all the hard work. You've asked me to believe and to confess you and to surrender. I do that today. And so according to your word, I'll be a new creature. I am saved. I'm born again because of your sacrifice. And so Jesus, help me be strong. Make, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Starting now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. praying for the Orville Robinson and the loss of Sister Linda this week. We had her services. As you know, many of you were there showing your love, showing your compassion and your support. Thank you. Thank you for being the body of Christ, comforting and loving this man. He was about overwhelmed, I think, with all the love. We're praying for Sister Liz Ambergy our associate pastor who stands over here today in the house of the Lord. Liz, we love you. We said goodbye to Virgil this week. 
very, very hard in our hearts to let him go. But we know he's with the Lord. Amen. He and Linda are seeing things together. They've run into each other. We made the comment the other night that Virgil's going to be surprised when he sees Linda there because he didn't know. And then, of course, we're praying for John Willeman, the loss of Ann this week. Had her services yesterday. John, we're praying for you. I know you've got a heart of faith and God's strengthening and keeping you, but I know you're hurting as well. We're praying for you. And then this morning, I was able to be with Betty Poling's family at hospice very early as she passed away this morning. We'll be having her services this week, and I want you to pull out that same strength and comfort for this family as now they begin this difficult journey. A couple of days. You know, I, I said to myself the other day, there has to be a Stratford Heights booth up there somewhere <laughs> where all of these precious, beautiful folks are just setting up camp and getting that first big tour while they're doing fantastic, can I get an amen? amen? They wouldn't come back for a minute. They love where they are. It's our hearts that are hurting. So we pray for our church. We pray for these families. We know that God will come through. Amen? Amen. amen. We're also praying for the state of Israel. We lift her up today and for the United States of America, our country, asking the Lord to be with us. Let's pray. Fathers, we come before you this morning. We honor you. We bless your name and praise you. Lord, we know that you are a comfort to those who mourn. We know, God, that you will touch these families and you'll minister strength to them. The strength will come from your Holy Spirit and the ministering angels of God. We know that you've been with them and you will be with them. That, Lord, their days and journeys marked out. And that, God, you have them in the palm of your hand. You've engraven them on your heart. We thank you for this truth, and we understand and know our Redeemer lives. So we give you praise and honor that you, God, will be their comfort. I pray that you will touch every need represented in this house today, every family, every heart, every need that might be known. Lord, we just ask your work to be done and accomplished in every life. Touch them, minister to them, heal them, deliver them, guide them, direct their path. Touch them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ as we move through this world. Lord, knowing that you are coming soon, and God, that you are getting your church ready, we respond to you this morning, and we thank you for that. I pray for the state of Israel, Lord, that you would bless and keep her borders. They've gone through a loss this week. Pray that you will touch the country as it mourns one of its strong leaders. We ask your work and will to be accomplished in protecting their borders and keeping your hand on them. Lord, their enemies, encompass them all round about. But, Lord, you have set your angels before them. And I know that they, Lord, are protected by your mighty hand. We seek the good of Israel. We seek the peace of Jerusalem and ask your hand to rest on them. And, Lord, we will not fail to ask you to touch the old red, white, and blue. Touch America, God. Minister to our country and touch the church alive in this country. And minister, Lord, to the hearts and lives who are lost and need you. Direct us and guide us in our conversations and in our witness, God, that we'll be a light. I pray this in the name of the Lord. Keep your hand on our country. Lead us through this election season and let your perfect plan and will unfold. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ forever. And everybody said amen.
Amen. You can be seated. I want to thank all of you. I want to thank you for the way that you loved our families. The whole week, I want to thank you that you loved your pastor. I got texts from Florida. I got emails, letters, phone calls. I can't count the people, many of you sitting in this room today, who took the time. Some put cards in the mail, mailed them to me as pastor, and you just understood the, the weight and the stress and the heartbreak of what all of our staff has gone through this week. Thank you for that. Thank you for the little gifts, the orange cupcakes. I have no idea who put orange cupcakes in a bag on my desk, but thank you. So thankful for our church. Wherever we went, the food was ready and there and warm and, and in abundance. Judy told me the other day, she said, we needed more than we've ever had before and we had plenty. She said, everybody stepped up and it was wonderful to see the church in action. <laughs> Feeding the families that were hurting and couldn't take care of them, their self, themselves in that way. And we were able to feed their families that had come from all out of state and different places. And it was so good to be able to look back and be proud of our church and how you loved the, these people. Thank you for all the volunteers all week long that have been here every day. You've been cleaning, you've had Windex in your hand, you've had brooms, and you've had all kinds of uh, just cleaning supplies all over you. You've, you've run all over the place, from windows to, to walls to floors. You've just done a wonderful job volunteering. We couldn't have asked for any more. It was wonderful, the response that we had this week. Thank you for that. I want to thank Brian Little and his, the company, Green Pro. We had a, a little budget, you know, for, for landscaping. But this guy, I mean, I'm going to just tell you, he went above and beyond and did extras. And he was out here every day. If he liked something, it was, it'd stay. If he didn't, he'd replace it. And he made the church look beautiful. He cares about God's house. And I'm so appreciative to Brian, who loves the Lord. Wanted to make God's house beautiful. Put that together with all the painters and all the people that have repaired the building. Telling you this place is looking good for Jesus. You know, each one of our houses should never look better than the house of God. I just believe it's a sacred place. It's built to his honor and to his glory. And when we build for his kingdom and for his work, you know, we ought to take care of it. And I'm so appreciative to those who took vacation days, took time off work and came and made the church beautiful. I loved what Connie and Lawton's little grandbabies, they brought them out to paint. They had the whole family out here with brushed rollers, and they were painting. Connie told us that they told their little girl, we're going to go and make God's house pretty. I thought that was beautiful. Thankful to all of those folks who helped and, and did that. Tonight, we will be hosting the state of Ohio in the southern region for our camp meeting. Brother Les Higgins, Bishop Higgins, will be here to speak tonight. He is new to our state. He's our new state overseer. I've known him personally over 25 years. He, clear back, as far as I can remember, in overseers that would come to our state, I used to always say, oh, Lord, please let it be Les Higgins. And it never was. And this time, I didn't even think about it. I said, oh, who's our new overseer? I don't even know. They said, oh, it's some guy. Don't know him. His name is Les Higgins. I was like, what? I was happy as I could be. He's kind. He's humble, he's a broken individual with a powerful anointing on his life. 
and I'm so thankful and I'm thanking the Lord that he's our leader in our state because I absolutely adore the man. He's one of the kindest gentlemen I've ever known. And so he'll be speaking tonight. I encourage you to come back tonight and hear this man preach. He is a powerful preacher and he'll be ministering in the service. And tomorrow night and then on Tuesday night, we'll be meeting at 7 here at the church. And Brother Larry Timmerman will be ministering. Some of you, how many of you remember Bishop Larry Timmerman? And a pastor, he used to be overseer at our state, and he was pastor at Princeton Pike for many years. So he'll be here speaking Monday and Tuesday night. It's going to be a good time of being in God's Word, studying and learning and hearing good preaching and ministering to our brothers and sisters. So I encourage you to be here for the camp meeting. With that said, I have one last thing. Where is he at? There he is. Come on up here, Brian. Yesterday was the big endurance run, a fundraising event for the youth auditorium. Thousands of bucks, a uh, million dollars was trying to be raised. I don't know how close it came to a million, but we uh, working hard on that. The idea was we all donate and find support while this guy goes out and runs for 12 hours, putting in how many miles? 54 miles he ran yesterday. <laughs> Brian, we're proud of you. And I know I asked him this morning, I said, are you sore? And he just kind of looked at me. <laughs> I said, yeah. I know he's sore. He, he ran for 12 hours, uh, endurance event up at East Metro Park in Dayton, and he did that receiving nothing for himself. He did it as a mission to the youth ministry of our church, so we're very thankful for that. I know he wants to say a few words for a few moments. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank everyone who has donated um, and went out and got sponsors. I truly appreciate it. It's not for me, as everybody knows. It's for these guys over here. Um, not still the worst in the pasture, but there's our future pillars right there. No. So we've got to support them. We have to support them. I want to thank Pastor Ray. Um, I came to him and Cam about 11 months ago and said, I got a crazy notion to help raise funds for the building. I said, I want to do a 12-hour endurance run, get donations. And they had smiles on their face, and they said, let's do it. But you could see in their eyes, they were like, this guy, there's no way. He's nuts. <laughs> but... Um, we persevered. We got through it. It's over. Um, and I want to thank everybody who's donated. If you haven't yet, and if you still find it on your heart to do it, we've greatly appreciate it. You can get with me. You can get with Cam or Missy Osborne, and we'll be more than glad to help you out. Amen. Uh, I just want to go over a couple of people that were there yesterday. I just want to name them personally and thank them. This is the hard part. My wife, Sharla. I don't know the exact time, but I think she was there for about nine hours. And every time I came through, she was there to give me my hydration, my food, everything. She was there. Um, so I want to thank her for that. My in-laws, Charles and Mary Brandenburg, uh, they were there always praying for me. I thank you guys for that. And then special thanks to Marty and Angie Tackett, Steve and Melissa Childers with their son Jordan. Uh, Judy Sargent and her son Mason came up, Kristen and James Lenz, Jason and Missy Osborne with little Natalie, Ashley Bethel with her son Jonathan, uh, 
Lindsay, Howard, and Jeremy McIntyre, and I've left anyone, I apologize. Cam, your wife Whitney, your two daughters, thank you. Um, Cam's seen the highs and he's seen the low over the last four months while I've trained, and he has always kept me positive, and I really appreciate that. The Oasis kids that showed up, I appreciate it. I know a lot of them have sports and have a lot of them have jobs and they couldn't make it. But a quick shout out to Alicia, Emily, Seth, Tyler, and my own son, Brandon. They came up and endured. Brandon was there for nine hours. He was ready to go home after the first, but he endured and he stayed with me. Um, rest of them were there for six hours along with Cam and everyone else, and I so much appreciate it. Um, just something real quick. Brandon Dooley, he came in at two o'clock and he stuck with me and ran with me for four hours and he he got me through it um, that's when you hit the dark the dark wall and you just don't feel like going and he got me through it so thank you Brandon I greatly appreciate it I think there's a, a, a sermon in there come alongside and run with him I love that the Bible talks about the race running the race of life, and this is a beautiful example of that through this fundraising event. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I get to introduce you to little Brooks Abram Johnson. His very first time here at church today. This is his church. You're his church, and we appreciate you welcoming him. He's like Uncle Ray. He is my great nephew, and that makes me a grand uncle. Uh, he is the proud son of Brittany and Tyler Johnson, and the brother to Zeke. Beautiful. Our rushes are coming to serve you. The Bible says to seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. As you give today, I want you to give out of your priority to God. He's the one who commanded us to bring our tithe into the storehouse. He asked a question in the scripture. He said, will a man rob God? I almost was like, wow, Lord, really? That's pretty intense. The Lord wants us to understand, look, it's not your way, it's my way. It's his way. He wants us to understand his principles so that you can be, number one, a part of his economy, his kingdom work, so that you are blessed. God doesn't want his seed out begging for bread. He wants you to have what you need, Philippians 4 and 9, for my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. There's one way, and that's through giving. He said, give, and it'll be given to you. So when you give, you give knowing that then God will, that unleashes the promises of God in your life. So I want you to give today. It's a, it's a time. I, the new building is open, 
and we're moving forward in ministry and new preparation, a lot of things we need to, to get purchased and bought, and we need to work on the ministries that we're looking as we go into the holidays, the families we'll be ministering to. It's just a time when I don't mind to tell you the church needs you to give. So I'm asking you to give as, as you feel led and blessed in your heart. And if you're, if you're grudging that, if you're mad, if you're looking up and saying, that preacher, keep it. Just keep it. Love you. Keep it. That's between you and God. That's between you and him. I've studied scripture and I understand and know. And I set an example in this church. I give. I give to missions. I give in offerings. I give to the building program, and I pay my tithe. And I don't pay it on my net. I pay it on my gross. But I do that not to brag in front of you. I do that to set an example that I will never ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. And the church also gives. Every loose dime dollar you've put in that plate today will go to missions, ministries around the world. Not one dollar will stay here. So we honor God that as we give, he gives. He takes care of his people. Can I get an amen? amen. So pay your tithe today. Give in offerings. And watch what God does as he includes you in his work around the world. Father, we thank you. We honor you and we give this now to you. We dedicate it to you. Our gifts are to you. We honor you for the work that you're doing in our church and in our lives. And Lord, we will follow you in all of your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We praise you, Lord. After you've given the offering, if you'll just stand and worship with us. God is 
Glory, glory. I'm telling you, I'm tired of a world that says, oh, we all serve the same God. It's just a different name. <laughs> There's only one. Hallelujah. Their God didn't die for you. And even if he did, he didn't get up out of the ground. My God lives. Yes, he does. And he deserves to be praised. Hallelujah. He deserves to be praised with every ounce of strength in your body. For he is great. And he is excellent. He is
O Lord. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. At the mention of your name, storms cease. At the mention of your name, mountains, mountains must move. At the mention of the name of Jesus, demons tremble and sickness flees. For there's coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. in church today. I said, I love being in church today. Man, I'm excited about what God is getting ready to do. You know, everything around you may look, it may look bleak and it may look hopeless. You may be discouraged. I'm telling you, there's every reason in the world why we need to look up. The Bible says when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. How many of you know the Lord is on his way? The Lord's on his way. Hang on. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. Jesus is coming. Want to get right to it this morning? I got 16 minutes and we're going to fly. Okay, well, I'm going to be done by noon. <laughs> Want to say welcome to Bishop Mark Bailey. Uh, Professor Mark Bailey from Lee University, who's here, the Lee Symphonic Band that we love. He is their director and band leader, and we're so happy to have him with us today. Thank you, Mark. And standing right beside him is his son, Jordan, that we knew very well. He did an internship here. We fell in love with this young man, and they're back both today having a father-son weekend, and they stopped by Stratford Heights, so we love you. Thank you for being here. Psalm 86, if you would, Psalm of David. Psalm 86, I'm preaching a message this morning called an undivided heart. An undivided heart. 
Psalm 86 and verse 10. Going to get right to it. Try to keep up. But thou art great and dost wondrous things. Thou art God alone. I got to stop right there. <laughs> you said something about everybody thinks there's many roads, just different names to God. But can I just say something that'll, that'll knock your socks off a little bit? All roads do lead to God. Some of you looked at me like he's preaching some kind of false something. We'll get him out of here. What is he talking about? Let me just tell you something. You may be on a Hindu road, a Buddha road. You may be on an atheist road, a Satan road. You may be on whatever road you're walking today, Christian road. Whatever road you're on, it's going to eventually lead to God. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to lead you to heaven. As we said earlier, all roads do lead to God. Everyone will stand before God. Everyone. Every man, woman, boy, and girl, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he's Lord. All roads do lead to God. But there's one road that leads to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ, the life, the truth, and the way. That's the truth. God alone, thou art God alone. David said, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart. Interesting. Interesting. Unite my heart. As if it's, he's worried, he's, he's, he's bringing to God this need he has. He feels divided up, fragmented in his heart. He said, Lord, unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me. And thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me. And the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. O oh, turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaiden. Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because thou, Lord, has helped me and comforted me. When I preach on that scripture there that says, unite my heart, O oh God, that I might fear your name. Lord, we ask your blessings on the word. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. When you read through the scriptures and you study them, you know that we are in what the Bible calls perilous times. We are in the days of the coming, of the preceding coming of the Lord. In the end times, the Bible is clear to point out that there's not a whole lot of good news. Hard times, rejection, betrayal, family division, persecution, imprisonment, beatings, lies, slander, verbal abuse, hatred. That's just in the Christians' lives. Let's not talk about terrorism and torture and threats and world wars and all kinds of things that are happening in the world. Second Timothy 
Chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Know this also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. They look religious, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For this is the sword of them which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. From such, turn away. The Bible tells us of scoffers that will come in the last days, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Romans chapter 11 tells us that it's time to wake up. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Who would sign up for this? I mean, really, who would really sign up for this? Except for one small little thing. One way or another, the Lord is still coming. And all of these things are going to take place. There was ever a time that you and I needed to be a Christian. We need to be one now. If there was ever a time you and I need to make up our minds, it's now. One of the greatest revivals I ever experienced in my Lee University days, Professor Bailey, was when I was in campus choir with Dr. Horton. I'll never forget the retreat we had at Westmore. We walked in to the room. We're ready to practice, and over the weekend, we're going to just be encouraged, and we'll have some devotions, and we'll have some games and some food. I mean, we've done these things. We, we know how they go, and Dr. Horton will give us some lectures, and he'll tell us about our breathing, and our, we're all flat, and everybody's got to get sharp, and all these things. It's going to work out. It'll be just like it always is when all of a sudden, Dr. Horton walked over to his stool, sat down on his stool, looked at the choir, a tear rolled out of his eyes, and he said, choir. Now, you'd have to know Dr. Horton. That sounded just like him. Choir, I've got a made-up mind. And I was like, that's cool. Good word. He's got a made-up mind. And he looked at me and all of us, and he said, I said, I've got a made-up mind. And suddenly everyone began to get teary-eyed. The Holy Spirit just invaded the retreat. Suddenly, we were not in a rehearsal. And he stood up and he walked and tears rolling down his face. He said, I said, choir, I have a made-up mind. About that time, weeping broke out in the choir and people began to fall on their face. And about three or four hours later, we got up to practice our first song. The power of the Lord hit that place. The presence of God filled every life and heart with simply one little key to overcoming victory in this world. And that was that we had, he had 
and gave, imparted to us the idea that we need to make up our mind. I've never seen a revival break out based on just one sentence. It was awesome to experience and to be a part of. David said, and different versions give you different ways of saying it, Psalm 86 and 11, I read to you at NIV, says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. Another version says, Make my heart focused only on honoring your name. Another version says, Help me make worshiping your name the most important thing in my life. And the Message Bible says something I like. It, it says, Put me together, one heart and mind. Then, undivided, I'll worship in joyful fear. I like that version, especially after all we've been through this last week. It's been tough. It's been a hard road for these families. And as a pastor, I can tell you, I may not do a lot of things right, but one thing I do know how to do is love. And I love these folks. I love Liz. I love Orville and their families. I love John. And I love the polling family this morning. And I've hurt right alongside of them. We've cried together and we've hugged one another. And it's been a rough, rough time. But I'll tell you, the awesome truth of it is that when the heart is, is undivided and when the heart is fixed, telling you the strength of God comes rolling in like a fresh wind. Every time you think you can't take another step, you turn around, Christian, and suddenly you're filled up with all this new strength for the day you didn't know you had. That's why the prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. God knows you're going to need a fresh dose of strength and enduring power tomorrow. Every day is sufficient unto itself. It's right for us to understand. I like that those two versions, the one that says, unite my heart to fear your name, because that's kind of like expresses my need. The second one I liked, give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name because that's my desire. And that's been my desire this week. I've been, man, I, it was hard for me to, to change gears from one service to the next and even harder to get to the end of services this week and then suddenly now turn to you who would be here today and have to figure out, Lord, what are you saying to the church this morning? What are you saying to us, God? I gotta have the word. I don't. I don't think any of those people just want to come hear me talk. I'm not that interesting. I, I know they don't want to hear me come up with any wise statements because I don't have any. But God, what are you saying to the church? And the Lord led me so carefully and gently back to my own heart. He said, "An undivided heart before me." will win every battle that you ever face. An undivided heart before the Lord will win every battle that you ever face. I want to worship the Lord, nothing held back. I want to give him everything that I've got. I want to worship him in truth. I want to live my life to please and honor him in everything that I do. I want to know him as good as I can know him. I want to search him out in his word as good as I can search him out. There's nothing I want more in this life. You can keep all your Cadillacs and you can keep, I like Cadillacs by the way, 
You can keep them all. You can keep all the toys in this world. You can keep all the great achievements and all the wonderful things this world might have to offer. But at the end of the day, I want to hear the same words Linda heard and Virgil heard and Ann heard and Betty heard this morning. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. That's what I want to hear. That's all I live at this stage of the game. Jim and I were talking yesterday, and we both agreed, man, we're, we're done. There ain't nothing else I'm looking to do. I mean, I, I, I might like to go to Disney World one more time. But, man, what I care about most of all is listening. Listening for, I know the first thing I'm going to hear when something significant and historical is happening in the heavens is a trumpet. And when I hear that trump of God, I'm going to be looking and I'm practicing every day. I'm practicing getting my jump in because I can't wait until he comes for his church. I've got loved ones I got to see. I've got a, a, a heaven I want to enjoy. I want to see the powers of God. And I want to know, my heart is, I want to know what he's going to do after all that. What happens after Revelation? What happens? I mean, some people are just satisfied, Jill. They just want, well, if I can just get there by the skin of my teeth, everything will be fine. Well, I just want to make it home. Not me. I want to get in there and I want to go to the orientation meeting. Okay, God. What's next? What are we going to do? What do you got planned you haven't told us about yet? What's yet to happen? Man, some people think this is all there is. This ain't all there is. This is a launching pad for what God's going to do a million years from now. God's got plans, big plans for those who will trust in him. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Understand and know we're just citizens passing through. I can't wait to get to the other side. Can I get an amen out of this crowd this morning? It led me to my heart. There ain't no help in the world. I read it for the offering, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's hard to focus on the heart when you've got so many distractions and you've got so many things piling in on you all the time. It's treasures of life. What are the real treasures? I'm not talking about the trinkets or the trash. I'm talking about what are the real treasures of this life. I think one of the greatest treasures you and I have in humanity is simply this, a made-up mind, a made-up mind. One of the marks of an undivided heart, or, or an, a divided heart, I should say, is James chapter 1 and verse 8, where the Bible says he is a double-minded man and he's unstable in all of his ways. They haven't made up their mind. They're like a narcissist. A narcissist is all about me. It's all about what I want, what I'm doing, who I am, what fulfills me. There's nothing worse than selfishness, especially in the church. Give me a title. Give me a reward. Give me recognition. Give me this. If anybody knows me, they know I hate that stuff. I hate that stuff. Ain't no place in God's kingdom for celebrities like us who want to get recognized and I want to be honored. Yuck. Hate it. Don't even really like to be around people that are like that. 
I love them. You know, I want to be more like the men of Issachar. Because that's what this message took me to in my mind. It was First Chronicles chapter 12. There you find a list of soldiers from all the different tribes that helped David at Ziklag in Hebron. When you look at that list of all the soldiers, there's Benjamin, Gad, Manasseh, and then there was the men of Issachar, and they, Issachar, and they were like famous. I mean, that, you preachers preach messages on that, man. They go to town on that one. That's huge. First Chronicles 12 and 32 says, Men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. I mean, what an army helping David fight at Ziklag. But if you read the next verse, I kind of migrated to the next verse. Verse 33, look what it says. Also there was men of Zebulon, experienced soldiers, prepared for battle with every type of weapon to help David with undivided loyalty. I mean, they came ready. They didn't just come saying, hey, I want to be on the front I mean, my people are so trained and wonderful. We want to serve on the front line. Or we want to serve in the rear guard. We're going to serve over in this area. Here, we give you our volunteers for this area. We'll do this or that. But no. The men of Zebulon came, 50,000 strong, and they said, David, we brought our spears. We brought our shield. We brought our full armor. And we have trained ourselves to do whatever it is you need us to do. We will fight on the front, the back, the rear, the side, the middle, wherever you want us. We'll go before or we'll lag behind. Whatever you got for us. David, wherever you need us, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. And it says they had an undivided loyalty. You know what that meant? That meant their mind was made up already. They knew God's hand was on David. David wasn't king of Israel at that point. He was hiding out, you know, and he, God's hand was on him. Saul was after him. There was all kinds of problems going on. But man, David and those men knew that God was doing something. There was something amazing happening through his life. And they knew that one day he would be king. And they said, we have already made up our mind. Kind of sounds like Joshua. Joshua, when he looked at, at the children of Israel, and he looked at him and he said, hey, if, if God is God, serve him. If Baal's God, then go serve him. But whatever you do, make up your mind. Choose you this day who you will serve. And he made a declaration. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Made up mind. Made up mind. Had a made up mind. Not going to be tossed back and forth. It's nothing worse than someone who's up and down and in and out and on one minute and off the next. Bipolar Christianity. Ain't nothing worse than somebody who's hot one minute and cold the next. Ain't nothing worse than people who you don't, you never know what side of the pew they're going to sit on. They like you one day, they hate you the next. Poison in the body of Christ. Make up your mind. Decide what team you're on. Put the right uniform on and get to work. 
Don't hide out in the world and try to be accepted everywhere you are. Don't be like a chameleon changing your colors wherever you are. Don't change your vocabulary depending upon where you are. You come into the church and, oh, hallelujah, brother. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Go out in the world and you're like, you know, yeah, blood. What's up, dude? Yeah, all right. Choose you this day who you are. Are you a Christian? Be one. If you're a Christian, be one. Amen. Man, do you know how many battles we'll win over the devil if we'll just be who we say we are? If we'll just get up every day, get our word out and prayer time and get in there and get full of that daily strength, if we'll let God be God in our lives, we'll make every decision based on God's will, not our wants. If we'll start living out the pre premises of his word, the precepts of his laws, the things that, that cause us to live in blessing and strength, if we'll live out the promises of God, Man, can you imagine? Man, devils poise themselves against the church constantly. Surely you're not weak enough to let the devil keep beating you up all the time. Man, I, you, you, you watch some people, they literally walk around. The devil says, hey, I want you to cause division in the church this week. I will cause division. I will do whatever I can. I will bring down the pastor. I will make Gary Turner fired. I will do everything I can. Some people are so weak in their faith. Man, the devil says, you're having a bad day. They're like, I'm having a bad day. They just walk around. The devil just owns them. And they're so weak in their faith, they don't recognize. You know, they sit around and talk about things. And the devil will say, yeah, call it a prayer request. Well, okay, well, I'm, you know, Cameron, Cameron needs prayer. Some people are so weak in their faith, they haven't made up their mind what's going on. You know, I've, I've, let me tell you where I'm at. I'm sorry. If you come from another background, you were raised somewhere else, and, and it was okay to have church splits and division and trouble, and, all, and you just love to fight, and everybody likes a big old vote, and everybody likes to get all wired up. If you like all that from your old church, go back there. Go on. You know what we like? We like being unified. We like being one together in the spirit. We like having an undivided loyalty among one another. I will fight for you. I will cry with you. I'll be there for you. Man, when Orville, when you and I walked out of that hospital room the other day, I didn't know what to do. All I prayed for is I said, God, help me fix Orville. I just want to help Orville. Lord, give me the strength. I walked into the house the other day, and I, all I wanted to do was hug Liz like a mama, and I wanted to just comfort her and strengthen her, and she broke my heart when they were getting ready to take Virgil from the house, and, and I watched for just a moment. I hope I don't embarrass you, but I watched for just a moment as this strong, gallant Christian lady who's always pastoring, always strong for everybody else, I watched, I was privileged to see the woman for just a moment, and it nearly killed me. I wanted to rescue her. I wanted to help her. That's what the Bible is clear to point out. That's what we're here for. We're here to uplift one another and care about one another and be compassionate for one another. I didn't want to be at my house. You, you told Judy, you said, oh, tell pastor, don't come. Tell him it's too late. Don't, don't come down to this house all the way in Fairfield. Don't do that. 
And I looked, at, I got Richard on the phone. I said, Richard, we're going. And he said, amen. He said, I'll be there in a few minutes. We got on the highway and we went down to Fairfield, walked in that house. There wasn't, a, there wasn't no place else on the face of the earth I wanted to be than right there with you because that's what the body of Christ is about. That's where the strength comes from. That's where the love comes in and helps us and lifts us up. I'm thankful for every one of you that have made up your mind. You're done with the enemy's tactics and his ploys. You're done with all the things that cause strife and stress and division. You're done with all that. The battle's had his heyday with the church. It's time for the blood-bought redeemers of God to stand up and declare, we are victorious through Christ. Live the life that we say we are called to. Live the life that we've been given through Jesus and his sacrifice. Sit around and analyze and criticize and judge. Sit around ready to do whatever we can. Man, we just think we've been sent by God. I'm telling you the greatest thing we can do is get an undivided heart before the Lord. And let him fill that heart full until we are saved all over again. Sanctified all over again. Filled fresh with his spirit all over again. I don't know about you. I got to have a fresh filling of the spirit every day every day i don't want to walk out of my house but what i haven't had a fresh filling of the spirit because you know what i don't want to walk out there and suddenly get in myself i don't want to get out there and start going by what i feel i don't want to start going out there thinking i want to figure it all out by my brain my wisdom that's going to get me in lots of trouble I won't be pastor very long if I keep that kind of stuff up. But what I do is I try to slay this flesh and surrender every fresh morning so that I am filled with his power to move and to work in his work all throughout this city and community and this congregation. It is important that we as a church stand united together, undivided before God. If we'll do that, there isn't a devil in hell that can beat us up. There isn't a devil that can win a battle against us. If we will stand up in a united loyalty together, if we'll stand up as one body together, I'm telling you, the enemy will come in like a flood. But the standard of God's power will be raised. And I don't care how you look at it. Look at it like a rush of God comes in or a rush of, of, of the wall comes up. However you want to look at it, here's what I do know. In the end, we're going to win. <laughs> I need to settle down. <laughs> Stand with me. Stand with me. Know who you are. Know who you are. You see, that was Peter's problem. Sometimes we think we know who we are. Sometimes we think we know our heart. But that's where you get in trouble. Don't get all high and mighty and arrogant and conceited in yourself and think you know yourself so well. Peter looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, I, I don't know about all these guys. I'm not very impressed by any of them. I, probably one of them is going to fail you. They're going to betray you. I don't know who it is, Lord. It's one of them. It's going to be a big deal probably. I don't know which one, but I could pick probably 10 of them. These guys, they'll fail you like nothing. But, but as for me, Lord, I will never desert you. I'll never fail you. I will, Lord, though everybody leave you, I won't. Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, 
you don't even know. Before the day is out, brother, you're going to be warming your hands by the enemy's fire. Peter didn't know his heart. And as he stood there, having just experienced that a little servant girl caused him to throw in the towel and deny his God, a little servant girl. I mean, it wasn't even somebody that could punch him in the face. It was just a little, little girl. And there he is warming his hands by the fire, having just cursed and denied. The Bible says he wept bitterly. How many of you know the devil will leave you alone once he's destroyed? Once he's destroyed your path, once he's knocked you out. But he repented. Thank God. Thank God every time I've ever fallen flat on my face, every time I've ever failed miserably, Every time I've ever embarrassed myself and shamed myself and had to look up with God with dirty hands every single time, he says, come on, come to me. I forgive you. I have mercy. I have grace for you. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God and the grace of God? When the angel told the ladies that Jesus wasn't there, that he had risen, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Beautiful Savior. The problem was, Peter didn't know his heart. I have a challenge for us this morning as we leave here. Take your heart and lay it before the Lord. And do, Lord, what you need to do. Show me the problem. Show me where I lack. Show me where I'm divided, fragmented, distracted. Show me where I'm failing miserably. Show me, Lord. And then give me an undivided heart back. In that process, you will have victory. You will be triumphant. You will be part of God's last day's church. You will be used of God to do mighty things. I'm believing that we are going to be in a position, I'm praying for it, I'm rebuking the devil every time he shows his ugly head. Cameron and I last night agreed in prayer together against the enemy that would fight this church. I promise you, we're always ready to fight. We're always, re always knowing the enemy loves to come in and hide and try, try to sneak around. We know that, we already know it. And we, we pray and we intercede, we've been doing it for years. Richard and I, for years, Brian and I, we intercede together. We pray together. We know. We can tell. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm determined this morning that we are going to be one of his churches. We're going to make a difference, and we're going to be empowered by his Holy Spirit to do what we can do where we are planted until we hear that trumpet. I need you to pray alongside with me. Lord, give me an undivided heart. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want you to put your hands on your heart right where you are. We've had people get saved today. We've prayed over needs. We've heard the word. We've worshiped together. 
What a mighty move of God's presence here today. Now it's time for us to hand him our heart. I want you in this prayer to pray the prayer that David prayed. He said, Lord, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways that I walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. Now, would you just pray that in sincerity from your own heart right now? Lord, all over this house, we're coming to you as a united body of Christ. And we're asking you to touch your church. Minister to us, Lord, to reach in to where the lost are hurting and dying. Lord, where they are re- need rescued, we thank you for the Celebrate Recovery Ministry. We thank you for all the different ministries we have. But God, we need to be doing so much more. I pray that you would touch us together as we serve, as we love, as we give ourselves wholly and completely to you, learning your ways so that we walk in your truth with an undivided heart so that we will always, Lord, fear, be in awe and reverence of your name. Touch us together, we pray, as we leave this house, empowering us by your Holy Spirit Touch us, O God. Put a right spirit within us as we reflect you in everything we say and do by desire and prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Please come back tonight at 6 o'clock. You have something to say, Richard? This is totally just a favor, just a side note. Tonight you're going to find that the parking lot is going to be going the opposite direction we have been. This whole side is open now. You can come in the parking lot. You'll veer this direction to the left. You can go around the building. You can park all the way around the building, but, but just know that the flow of traffic is going to change And uh, until we get the parking lot restriped, which is going to happen very soon. Well, this will be our further instruction for right now. So when you come in tonight, we have all been going this way. We'll be going the opposite direction. Be blessed. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you all again for being a part of this wonderful church. Be blessed. We'll see you at 6 o'clock. i got a made-up mind.